Good afternoon. It's such a pleasure to be gathered back together with you, especially with our visitors. Uh, it's just always an encouragement to see you here, to be gathered with us. This morning, <clears throat> this morning we looked at some of the sad phrases that we found in the Bible. And we looked at those phrases and, and tried to connect with the, with the sadness, with the grief that can be found in those, and tried to see how we can turn that sadness and that grief into joy and into bliss as we draw closer to God, striving to make sure those sad phrases never uh, that, we, that we don't exemplify those phrases. Well, tonight we're going to do just the opposite of that. Maybe I should say this afternoon. We're going to do just the opposite of that. We're going to try to find something that we should take uh, encouragement from and try to exemplify in our life. <clears throat> Move this down just a little bit. So in 1 Samuel chapter 1 is where we're going to turn to and spend quite a deal of our time this, this afternoon in the book of Samuel reading about some of the examples of faith that we have in the Bible. Now, when we think of role models for us today, maybe we think like the great men like Noah. We mentioned him this morning, or Abraham, Joseph, Moses, David, or Joshua, even Daniel. We think of these great men that we should exemplify ourselves after. We even think of great women like Sarah and like Ruth and Esther. What I want to look at tonight... What I want to look at this afternoon is another wonderful role model for all of us, but especially for women of faith today. That is the role model of Hannah, the mother of Samuel, one of the greatest prophets of Israel. And her story is told in the first two chapters of the book of Samuel. And even just a simple reading like we're going to do this afternoon, it can reveal some great lessons from this woman of faith. For example, as we read the first eight verses, we're going to learn something very specific about women of faith, and that is that they have to endure great problems. Read with me in, verse, chapter, in chapter 1, verse 1. Now, there was a certain man named... Uh, excuse me, I'm going to mess these names up. There was a certain man of Ramatham Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man went up from his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion. For he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable, because the Lord had closed her womb. And so it was year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her. And therefore she wept and did not eat. And then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Hannah had a problem that she was dealing with here. That problem was seen, verses 1 through 5, that the Lord had closed her womb. Hannah was not able to give birth to a child. And not only was this the problem she was dealing with, uh, and, and almost seemingly dealing with alone, uh, alone because we see uh, her husband later asking her, why, why are you so grieved about this? Ain't, ain't I enough? What do, you, do you need more than me? But she also is dealing with her, the, the second wife in the relationship here who is provoking her, who is, is making things worse, mocking her and, and, and persecuting her because of her lack of ability to give birth to a child. Women of faith are not without problems in this life. The righteous often suffer. We need to look no further than the book of Job. 
Job was a particularly righteous man, so much so the Lord took great note of it and Satan took note of it as well. And he made it his, his personal project to try and change that. And what did he do? He took away his wealth and he took away his health and he took away his children. There was great suffering in the life of Job, who was a righteous man. And likewise, there's great suffering in the life of Hannah. Sarah also suffered ridicule from her handmaiden Hagar whenever she couldn't give birth to a child for Abraham. And so there is great problems that can exist in the life of a, of a faithful person. But we should not let others deter our trust in the Lord. See, Hannah could have used her misfortune and the mistreatment that she was receiving to say, you know what, this, this isn't working. This isn't working for me. It's not fair that this is going on. This isn't fair that she keeps just provoking me and I'm so tired of this. I, there's just nothing right about this situation. But what does she do? Verse 7, year after year after year, Hannah continued to worship the Lord. You see, women of faith have problems just like everybody else. But what distinguishes them as women of faith is what they do when faced with those problems. Now as we continue reading, we're going to learn even more about Hannah. Let's turn to ver continue reading in verse 9. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat of the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look at the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. And therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. And then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. And so the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Women of faith, women of faith extend very vibrant prayers. Notice Hannah's prayer that she prayed. She prayed with the bitterness of her soul, with the weeping and anguish. Hannah poured out her heart to God. These words that she, that she didn't speak, the words came up from her heart, and it was as if she was bearing everything for him to see, opening it up before him. And in that prayer, she offers a vow and a serious, solemn vow to the Lord. And she prayed with persistence. She prayed with her heart. She prayed with her soul. And she prayed with faith in God's promises. What can we learn from Hannah's prayers? The thing, same thing that we learn from the instruction given over in Colossians. Turn there. Colossians chapter 4. Hannah prayed fervently. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, it says to continue earnestly in prayer. It could very, very well be said that Hannah was praying very earnestly. Her prayers were, were not superficial to her. As I said, she was, she was opening her whole being to God. But she didn't just do this once and then quit. She prayed persistently. 
Colossians 4 verse 2 goes on to say, after saying, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. She didn't just, just offer up this prayer once. She prayed to God and prayed to God and prayed to God steadfastly. And she prayed with faith. Over in 1 John chapter 5. <clears throat> 1 John chapter 5 verses 14 and 15 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. She believed that God would hear her prayers. And she believed that God would answer her prayers. And we learned that about women of, of, of faith. They believe in the efficacy of, pr- of prayer. It is effective. It does prove to provide us things that we need. And God takes notice of such faith. So we should not be surprised then as we continue reading. Verses 19 and 20 say, Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. (coughs) Excuse me. So another thing that we learn about women of faith through the example of Hannah is that women of faith can experience the providence or provisions of God. Hannah's provisions were that the Lord remembered her. Whenever she was, as she opened herself up and as she persistently prayed and made made this supplication to God, he remembered the things that she said. He remembered the situation. He saw what she was going through. And the Lord gave her a son who she named Samuel. Samuel, which means heard of God. Now what can we learn from that? The fact is God God sometimes gives us what we want. He sometimes does give us the things that, that we want. But we must remember, as we read in 1 John 5, verse 14, it's when we ask in accordance to His will. John 15, verse 7 tells us we need to abide in His words. And so selfish prayers, prayers for our own pleasure, We should not pray those prayers expecting that those things will just be heard because it's what we want. Turn over to James chapter 4. James chapter 4 verse 3 says, You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your own pleasures. God will always provide what we need, however. It may not be what we want. It may not be what we expect. But it will meet the needs that we have. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 tells us that. But Romans chapter 8 also tells us that it will be for our own good. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Now in Hannah's case, she received that which she asked for. She received a son. And she had made a vow about that son. And as we read on, we're going to see her intent Uh, of keeping that vow. In verse 21, it says, Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned. Then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. 
Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with three bulls and one ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child was young. And then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord, and as long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there. Women of faith, they also excel in keeping their promises. Hannah Hannah planned on keeping her promise. From the moment that those words came out of her mouth, she had set that apart in her heart that this is what I am going to do. I am going to make sure that this is what happens. And we see her carrying out that promise. And then in verse 28, we see her, those those last few words of the chapter. They worship the Lord there. When When we make a vow, we need to learn from Hannah that we should keep those vows. Turn over to Ecclesiastes for just a moment. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, God speaks of his of his feelings towards those who make a vow and don't pay it. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. God sees the vows made to him that are not paid off as as foolish. He says, pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. As Christians, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus spoke and James reiterated in Matthew chapter 5 that our word is to be our solemn vow. We don't need to add special, special characters and special phrases to make, it, to make it true or untrue. But rather, the things that we say yes to, the things that we say no to, our word is to be as a solemn vow. That as we speak those words, as they are coming out of our mouth, it is our intention that we are going to fulfill that. We are going to hold up our end of the bargain. But then note, that they worship the Lord after this. After she fulfilled that vow, after she brought this young child, they worship the Lord. You know, it's hard for me to picture this. It's hard for me to picture someone ready to, to worship or praise God after they have went so long without child, begging and pleading and, 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 and dealing with the, the constant mocking that went because she was unable to, to finally give birth. And now just a few short, a short period after giving birth to, to, to give this child up. Fulfillment of a vow, fulfillment of a promise is exemplified in Hannah's action that it is not to be done begrudgingly. It would be very easy to see Hannah dragging her feet. I'm going to walk extra slow as I take these bulls and this sacrifice and this young child of mine. I'm going to walk real slow to take this to the Lord. And when I get there, I'm not really wanting to do it. I kind of feel like I've made a mistake. I'm I'm going to do it because I said I would, but I really wished I hadn't. That's not the picture we see of Hannah. We see a Han- Hannah having, having so much praise for God in her heart that, that as she brings this child, she is, she is overflowing. She is ready to worship the Lord on the day that she is leaving her child, consecrating him to God. It's that when we, when we think of worship, we see that we, we think about that, that phrase worship is a byproduct. Worship is a byproduct of people's lives who have been impacted by God. 
what a greater impact could anybody physically see in their lives than the begging and pleading that Hannah gave and to be impacted in such a way knowing that 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 blessing came from God. She overflowed with worship. And we need to remember that as well. It is with gratitude of heart that we do the will of the Lord. Colossians 3.17 tells us that. We don't come to Him and, and do it because, well, we feel like we've been roped into this. We don't do it because I, my, my parents have always taken me to, to this church, and so, so that's just what I'm going to do. Or, or I, I know these are the right things, but I, I'd really like to maybe, I'd like to stay home and watch the football game, or I, I just don't feel like doing this or that. It is with an overflowing of gratitude in our hearts that we worship God because He has directly impacted our lives through taking us so far from a broken and and destroyed being in sin and restoring us to Him. We see such a wonderful example of that in Hannah. But finally, finally we need to note Hannah's prayer of thanksgiving that she she prays in chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by Him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumbled are girded with strength. Those who are full are hiring themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble." The Lord kills and makes alive, and He brings down to the grave and brings up. And the Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes, to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and He has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of His saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness For by strength no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. And he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Again, Hannah is just overflowing with the praise. And look at her here. We, we, we once see her broken down and, and, and being persecuted by, uh, by by Peninnah and, and the, the, the second wife or the other wife in that relationship. And now she says, I can smile at my enemies. I am not broken. I don't even have the child anymore. He's not even here with me, but I can smile because the Lord in His great blessing, she is filled with praise, great joy in her heart. And so she praises the Lord for His help. We too should rejoice in the blessings that we receive. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 tells us to always rejoice. But how much more so then should we rejoice when we receive blessings from the Lord? We should offer praise for that which we have received. Think about Psalm chapter 18 for a moment. Psalm chapter 18, David writes there of the blessings he receives and makes a promise to God for praise. Psalms 18 and verse 49 Psalm 1849 says, Therefore I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. This is 
This is how we today offer spiritual sacrifices. Hebrews 13 verse 15 tells us that. The praise of our lips is a sacrifice to God. No longer are we, we called to take the, the grain and the wine and, and the incense and to burn those things before the Lord. We offer up the praise to God, those sacrifices to Him through our lips, through the songs that we have sang this afternoon, and songs that, that we sing throughout the week as we go throughout our day with, with, with maybe a song in our heart and with the words that we offered up to Him in prayer. We praise God for the things that He has given us, for who He is. See, Hannah was a woman of faith who serves to remind us that all, all women of faith endure very real problems. And they extend vibrant prayers. They experience the provisions of God. They excel at keeping His promises. And and they express their praise to Him. And the truth is today, anyone, anyone can become a person of faith the way that Hannah was. Even though we face many problems, if we are willing to come to God in prayerful obedience to the gospel of His Son, the Christ, and if we are willing to receive the gift of salvation that's provided through His Son, remaining true to that commitment that we make to Him as, as our authority and as our Lord in our lives, and offering up that life with the fruit of our lips and praise to Him, then we too can become persons of faith. Great examples for those who follow after us, who who grow up seeing us doing the same things that Hannah was doing. I pray that each and every one of us, male or female, will be able to say together with Hannah, my heart rejoices in the Lord. If that is your desire this afternoon, to, to be a, a child of God, to be a person of faith, but you have not maybe made the first steps in becoming that. Through, through giving yourself through obedience to Jesus the Christ as the Lord and Savior. We wish to help you with that. Maybe you've already made that decision, but you realize that you, you have not been living up to that commitment that you made. If there is anything that we can do to help you in, in this spiritual walk that you live, please let it be known right now as we stand and as we sing.